made on Zencaster. I just, I just don't want him to fall to this thing, man. Like, if he genuinely wants this stuff, you know, go for it, man. It's your money, right? But I just, I'm so not convinced that this is what he wants. All right, welcome back to the Dental Penguins podcast, episode three. Let's dive in. So one of us is Korean, and I'd like to give a shout out to the Reds for making it to the World Cup knockouts. Very exciting game. Were you able to catch it? No, I didn't see it. I saw the news of it, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, great, great fight. Uh, We're not even going to be mad anymore about uh, facing Brazil in the knockouts just because, like, we're probably going to lose. But the fact that we made it out, very exciting, very exciting. You know, I don't really get hype on sports, as you know, for most time. But, uh, you know, I do think the World Cup is a very personal thing for me. I would say one of my core memories was back in 2002, I was still I was still living in Korea. And we caught the World Cup there. And that's the time we made it to the semifinals. And it was a crazy big deal. It was such a nationalism-inducing memory. Yeah, I think I still kind of keep it to this day. And I've been catching all the World Cup games since then. You know what it did? Uh, it did remind me of uh, Mr. Stark, though. So I'm not sure if you if you heard this part, but... Remember when he was talking to us, you know, how in the beginning of the year, we'd always have these like rallies among different grades. Oh, like spirit day? No, it's like, like, it was like literally like ninth grade versus the 10th grade. I, th- I think it was like, it was some sort of rally, like something rally or something. Uh, he made this a comment on like kind of offhand. It was like, yeah, I just, I, I don't know why you guys get so passionate about this. He he said this, and back then I thought it was like, uh, what a conspiracy theory. But now I truly believe it. He uh, considers those uh, spirit rallies as early programming so that we develop the same kind of fanatics for, quote unquote, our side and anger towards the opposite. Yeah, I, re- I remember. Yeah. You know, this is my lived in experience. But, you know, pe- like people really hated each other, like during those weeks. You know, I mean, there was some like genuine drama and like. Oh man, these seniors suck. It was, oh, these freshmen suck. It's crazy. You don't even know them. It's just the fact that they're in a different grade. You just uh, develop such animosity towards the other side, and you definitely see that in the in the world of sports. And yeah, I mean, I I, I hope it'll get there. But my dream score would be if we beat Brazil and Japan beats Croatia, we're gonna face each other in the round of eight. And if that does happen, I mean, you heard it here first, but deaths will happen. For sure, <laughs> because they make soccer makes such. I mean, football football makes such uh, zealots out of these people. Yeah. So, have you heard of the app called Be Real? Yes, I have. Yeah. Do you use it, or do you know people you, who use it? I downloaded it when it first came out. I saw it. I forgot where I saw it advertised to me, but I saw it and I downloaded it just to check it out. And I made an account. And I was on it for like two minutes, but none of my friends were using it. So I got bored and I was, okay, I, I deleted this. Oh, for real? Okay. Okay. No, I find it interesting that, the, so the ad, like ad got you to download it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think a month or two later, like I saw Felicia started using it, but then I don't, you know, maybe cause I'm not on it. So I don't really see anything more about it anymore. I don't really get advertised either. So. Yeah. 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 Actually, I I wanna I was I'm curious. So like, so do you download like other apps like based on ads? Is that 
Is that something that happens on you on a regular occasion? Not regularly. I think just if it piques my interest. What hooked you about it exactly? Well, I, I think they're advertising as like, this is the next social media that young people are using. And I was like, okay, I want to see what young people are using. Um, well, I mean, I want to explain the mechanics of it before I talk about it. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the one who actually used it. I only kind of heard it in um, in this context of video essays and so forth. But it's basically, it's a way to curb the kind of fakeness of Instagram. You don't get to decide when you post. The app will just on a random part of the day tell you, oh, it's time to post. The idea of it is that not, then you get to, because you have no choice, you have to be candid about you know what you choose to post because you have to post what you're doing right then and there and uh so the video essay i was using was this girl who was basically um on the app for a minute and initially she really liked that aspect about it and then it starts to kind of have the downfall can you guess when she starts to feel like oh this isn't the the next level that they think it is (laughs) like when she's in the bathroom (laughs) oh (laughs) oh yeah i guess (laughs) no but uh, that uh, that's that is a very practical thing that you just mentioned there. But no, it it went south basically when her other friends started joining and following each other, right? So it's not the media aspect; it's the social aspect of it. Because once she became aware, internalized the fact that other people are watching her posts, it just became another game again. Now you're trying to be like, well, okay, I gotta be real, but I gotta be real in this particular way. Or it's like, I noticed that they give me reminders between, you know, three to six. So I'm just going to happen to do something a little cooler than just looking at my laptop or drinking coffee just around that time. It just became another um, gaming for the the likes and the comments again. And that's when she pretty much stopped using it. This kind of relates to what we were talking about last week. I feel like now they are creating a a clock for you to use social media like this is a time and then you it's almost like you know the experiment where when you hear the when the dog hears the ding he starts salivating it's like now you know you get you know notified and you get this dopamine rush um i mean for me personally as far as uh, relating to last week it reminded me of the grayscaling our phones mm-hmm. right so i told you that that didn't really work for me because i ended up just kind of reverting back to my old you know old life and the reason why I don't think it worked is that it's addressing the very outskirts of the problem and making a big deal out of it when that's not really the problem, right? I don't think it was the color of my phone that was keeping me addicted to Instagram. It's the, it's the notifications. That's the, that's the real aspect that's uh, addicting. So it's like, um, it's like putting Band-Aid on a problem and then you're not really addressing the problem. And uh, it kind of made me sad about like, well, what is the answer to this? Because, you know, certain habits that you want to grow or keep, like, you know, you want to start off very um, slow and very easy increments. But I think in the realm of social media, um, the gaming for attention from these engineers, are, you're so decked against, it's so decked against you that, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to think that, you know, complete abstinence may be the only way. And uh, I remember I watched a special with uh, Aziz Ansari and he, he started talking about it and he initially asked people like, what have you done to try to curb this? And the punchline was he basically revealed that he switched to a complete flip phone. So he can pretty much call and, you know, you, you have that text where it's like, you got to press multiple times to like do press C and stuff. 
And I was like, oh, you know what? Walk talk, man. Like very inspiring. Microsecond, I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. Until he, uh, he started talking about, um, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. But uh, if you want to get somewhere, you really got to know the directions really well. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't got the maps no more. And I was like, oh, yeah. man, I'm, I'm glued to the phone. I'm stuck to the phone. There are certain things now that I absolutely need on my phone to live. Yeah, kind of sad, but I thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting app that kind of revealed like where we are in the battle against social media. Yeah, so uh, I think I, I revealed some aspect to you off air to you, but uh, kind of let me set up the context here. So my dad has been on this wave of new age health. And there's this one particular concept slash product that he just got really, really hooked on to. Uh, I'm not even going to say the name of the product because I don't want to promote this. And uh, now just because it's not Western medicine, you know, it's, it doesn't mean it's bad, right? I believe in yoga nitra and, you know, holotropic uh, breath work and stuff like that, right? Uh, but this is some like, like Gwyneth Paltrow goop uh, crystal ball kind of stuff. That's what I'm talking about, right? And uh, it really, really hooked him. He's bought books on it, apparel, the actual products. And I, I would say, estimating, I would say he spent like more than more than $1,000 at this point um, in terms of this stuff. And the way I see this is it's not just the shopping. It's almost like it, it got into his head like a religion, because now, now he's trying to buy all these products and like enforcing it on me and my mom. It's like, oh, you got to use this. You got to use that. He comes into my room trying to put these devices on my um, on my body. And I, I get so angry at him for that. Um, well, first of all, before I continue on, um, I don't know, have your parents ever engaged in any, anything like this that you just couldn't understand why? No, my mom is pretty, actually, she's pretty controlled. The only thing she really buys a lot is, you know, food and it's just to feed us. And my dad does buy a lot of little gadgets. When the pandemic hit, he suddenly got really into it, uh, especially with Amazon. And he, when he got Prime, he'll order all this stuff. But usually it's stuff that he needs, you know, like he he's an engineer, so he's always on his computer. Yeah. So he buys a bunch of little gadgets for like Beto Ergo and things like that. I don't think he always needs them. But he usually it's not something completely random. For sure. There was one day he suddenly bought a random, you know, those scuba diving masks. Just so, just so I know, I don't believe you guys have a pool, right? I know. So I, I don't understand why he bought that, right? And then just to test it out, he filled the tub and he put his face in the tub. Oh, he was going to give a one-star review if it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never used it again. And I was like, okay. Interesting. I think, first of all, when you when you're kind of shopping into new territories, right? I think you should always start with like you know one or two products, right? And then just you know use it for a minute and see if you feel like it's actually helping you or making you feel good. I used to do this when I jump hopped on a fashion trend, right? And it's like drop shoulders, wider shirts are the trend. Then instead of just buying one, seeing how it looks on me and how I feel about it, yeah, I would just buy like five. It's like oh you know this is this is it, right? And sometimes it didn't work and I just like, oh man, I wasted all this money. So I wish it was more like that. Just like buy one or two products, man. 
and then try it out and see if you like it. Because this health thing is kind of a real obsession for him. Like one day it's the uh, organic ghee. Second, it's like, oh, now it's all about the turmeric, man. It's all about the turmeric. And now it's all these dried fruits. And he just hops on these like a trend, honestly. And I can't, I can't wait until he gets sick of this. And by January, he, he, you know, he hops another trend. But that's not the thing that gets me the most. I think your dad, right? He, he buys stuff that he thinks that he needs or he's convinced himself that he wants these things. And I don't think that's the case with him, right? He watches all these YouTube videos and, you know, these algorithms are really strong, man. Like they, they know not to just be like, oh, buy this anymore, right? They start with the education, right? And then they hit you with the testimonials. And then they don't even say the word sponsor anymore. They're just like, you know, you can use this link and it'll just help, helps out the channel. And then you go to Amazon and eBay and it's the pages are full of like, you bought this last time. You're going to enjoy this. Recommend it for you. They're so good at marketing you these things. And, uh, you know, because we're from this generation, like we, I think we can kind of see through the bullshit, right? Well, I don't think he can. Mm-hmm. I think he's convinced, he's being convinced that he needs all this stuff when I don't think it's a, out of genuine interest. So I tried many things. Like I, I started, <laughs> I, I tried just berating him for it straight up. That didn't work. I tried having like, like a literally like it looked like a AA intervention or something like that, like a genuine conversation with me and my mom and dad. I mean, ultimately it didn't really do anything. And I'll tell you what I'm doing these days. It's kind of funny, but basically I'm trying to see if I can make the algorithm work against them, right? So I'm deleting all the YouTube videos, all the history, and I'm searching out all the videos like how to save money, why this is a scam, <laughs> how to invest early, I'm I'm watching all those videos on his laptop. I'm liking them. I'm posting them. I'm commenting on them. And then now when you look at his homepage, the, these minimalism, all these videos are starting to pop in, right? And I don't think he's noticed this yet, but every time he goes on hiking, uh, I'm on the computer, like playing 30 videos at once, trying to change the algorithms and stuff. And like I went to his Amazon and uh, deleted all the want later, save for later stuff. And it's kind of fucked up. I will say that it's kind of fucked up. But um, I just, I just don't want him to fall to this thing, man. Like, if he genuinely wants this yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, go for it, man. It's your money, right? But I just, I'm so not convinced that this is what he wants. I'm convinced that it's the yeah. what the that guy on YouTube channel is t- uh, saying that he wants. My main issue is like, like, how do you convince somebody that like this dude, this, this is not you? Because all, all he tells me is like, oh, you know. Uh, you're being so arrogant because you're not considering these other aspects of health. And dude, it, I lost my mind when he said, uh, "I'm trying to heal my gum disease with this." <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, how you were doing the, the uh, searching of videos on his YouTube. I was almost gonna say that. Oh, you, maybe you need to put like parental control on his YouTube. I know, right? Like, oh, dude, for a brief month, like a year, two years ago, I, I cut him out of my Amazon Prime. <laughs> Uh-huh. He got so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think that it's hard. You know, I think you can do your best, but I never have an expectation because I think when you have that expectation, you only put agony on yourself. And I think people can't really change unless they're ready to change themselves, like internally. It, no matter what you, you, you're going to tell him, he's not going to believe it until something happens and then it makes him change his mind. 
But something a little bit not as related that I was thinking about is now that we're getting a little older, I realized that we start to see our parents in more, like you see their flaws a little bit more, but not in a terrible way, just that, well, they're people too. And they're not like the people that we always rely on that we think they are. They're just like us with making mistakes as they were taking care of us and learning how to take care of us. When I moved back home, I suddenly noticed that some of the things my dad does is kind of not what I used to think. You know, I always thought he was my dad. You know, he's a really smart engineer. He's really serious all the time. But when I came home, he started running on his treadmill at home and he would just blast these rock Chinese music while he's running on the treadmill. You know, I never seen him do that ever in my life. And, you know, I always thought back about when we were younger and I was playing, you know, loud music or hip hop music. You know, he was always like, oh, this is so loud. This isn't even music. But then I come home and he's like kind of doing what we used to do when we were in our teens, you know. It's not completely related, but it just made me think that I think we start to notice these things. Like maybe you notice your dad has this kind of shopping issue. Yeah, I mean, if I take try to take a more empathetic approach to this, right, it's more like, you know, is he compensating for the things that he never got when he was a kid? Or right. one other thing I want, want to put him on instead, I was like to send him to like therapy to see like mm-hmm. maybe all this health craze is coming because he's getting old and maybe there's like a fear of death or early yeah. death in there that he's compensating mm-hmm. for in this way. And I just want him to make an informed choice. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I want to open him up to these kind of things, but introducing that with words is like, I'm not comfortable doing it and he's not going to be receptive to it. <laughs> we just got to start making YouTube videos <laughs> for him, yeah, for for him to real. listen to with the right information. <laughs> Anyway, I got one small thing. I'll, I'll save the consent topic for later. But it was just like a little Reddit post. It's the best email signature I've ever seen. Quote, unquote, it is normal for me to take two days to read my emails and two more days to reflect on the matter and respond calmly. The culture of immediacy and the constant fragmentation of time are not very compatible with the kind of life I lead. This reminds me of uh, one of those posts where like, uh, what's like a kind of a dumb thing that you wish was a rule or like a kind of norm and the post was like if a driver wants to turn they shouldn't be able to turn the car without turning their signal lights on first i was like wow yeah that's that's actually really profound (laughs) Hmm. and it just reminded me of all the times where like it's not really an issue for me with emails but definitely with text there are times where i like really save myself from like not sending an emotional text right after and just kind of taking a chill chill pill yeah uh, and then just kind of have a more uh, charitable interpretation of what they were trying to say. And I've definitely made mistakes on my part when I was just way too emotional. And yeah, immediate texts, emotional texts, usually not a good idea. <laughs> all right, bro, that's all I got for you this week. What you got for us? Well, so today I just wanted to talk about some of our hobbies. So for me, actually, I wanted to talk about making videos. So I make some videos, mostly travel videos and you know, sometimes I'll make some random ones like when I graduated from dental school and I wanted to share how I got started. So I was actually first inspired by my lab tech when I was in Santa Cruz. I was a volunteer researcher in the lab and he was just he was a really cool guy. He was four years older than me. and I think I looked up to him a lot. You know, he had his all of his own unique hobbies. He liked to ride his motorcycle and he was into music and art. Oh, can I stop you right there? Just so that I know, uh, how old is this gentleman? 
I think he's four years older than me. So right now he's probably mid thirties, basically. Two thirty three. And one day he showed me a, a black and white video that he of him riding his bike on Highway 17, and he put some lo-fi music to it. And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" You know, and I wanted to make my my own video. So the first video I made was me like cracking an egg to make like an Asian omelet. I wanted to show him that oh, I, I make videos too, but it was like five seconds. But it was the first video that I stitched together, and. Since then, I feel like I kind of slowly learned more things and I evolved. The first video I made was when I went on a trip to Big Sur, and I that was the first time I put music behind it. And I think my favorite video today is still the One Punch Man theme song that I used for our camping nice. trip. Yeah, when I look back on it, I felt like it was a really fun theme, and each clip showed that theme, and it was just really short and it was really. Can I just add uh, uh, one of my favorite trips yeah. ever as well? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Well, I think the other trips were fun too, but I feel like when I was making the video, that was the one that was real concise. I feel like when I made the New York video, when we went to visit you in New York, that trip was really fun too. But maybe because it was so many days, it was hard at that time to squeeze all of that in. Yeah, yeah. Too. I mean, you aren't. You know, ultimately, you are here to have fun. You know, not film a video, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I slowly learned how to kind of switch clips to the timing of the beat of the song. And then and then I started learning how to make kind of interesting in-camera transitions. So they're you know, smooth transitions. And then intentionally, these days, you know, I'll act out certain motions to kind of match maybe moments in the lyrics. And then, you know, eventually now trying to kind of think and pick the music and theme before I even film the videos to see if I can make kind of a a very weak narrative of the videos with like connecting to the song lyrics or vibe. But I'm pretty excited because I feel like I'm picking up these little kind of level up skills with editing the podcast too. Um, and that day, you know, when we were making the highlight video clips and then hopefully the post-pod regret videos, uh, I think it's really exciting. Oh, who's making the post-pod regret? Kind of oh. yeah. I think you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of exciting to think about. Well, you know, as you when you were growing up, I'm sure you've seen hundreds of videos. Uh, what what was it about that that dude's particular video that got you so inspired? I don't know. I think it's just something that you know, someone that you know is making these things. I think it comes back to the idea where well, I was I was reading this book called <laughs> Status Anxiety, and they were talking about people feel that status. I wasn't anxious. This is this is more in a positive way, but. People feel that status anxiety when it's people you know, right? Like if you know someone who is really well off, you feel that comparison because you feel like you can do it too. Like he's a regular person. So like if you look at someone like Bill Gates or, you know, someone, you know, Elon Musk, you won't feel jealous because you're like, he's way out of my league. Um, So I feel like it's similar, right? Like if you watch a really amazing movie, or like high production, like Avatar, you're not going to be like, oh, I want to make a video yeah. too. Like, but you're saying, I can't do it. But then you see your friends, you see your homies making it, and you're like, oh, maybe I can do it. <laughs> and then you kind of gotcha. get inspired too. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, inspire slash reminds you of your own incompetency. <laughs> <laughs> um, or what, sure. what you could be. Interesting. The way that you said that how sometimes the music dictates your videos versus like uh, moments. It, it reminds me of YouTubers. Um, most YouTubers, I believe now, they kind of focus, decide on the thumbnail and the title first before creating mm-hmm. the content. 
because that is so important part, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to know, mm-hmm. like, is it usually more these days? Is it more one the other? Like, you just uh, sometimes you just hear this music and you're just like, oh, inspired me to make a video. Is it or is it still more like events or moments based? I think it's still more events, moments based. But you know, sometimes like like before, I went to visit uh, my girlfriend this time. In Texas, I would look through my music list. So it's not like completely random. So I would look through my music list and feel like, oh, what kind of song I feel like I would like and would fit, you know, maybe this chip. And that, and then I pick it. It's not completely random where like I'll be listening to a, a song on YouTube and I'd be like, oh, I need to make a video about this. Now, in the future, would you be sh- uh, willing to share one of those videos that you made in our uh, group Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Maybe our One Punch Man one. I think I think it'll in general it'd be interesting if we kind of like reveal just a little bit of our uh, our talents down the road. Yeah, that would be kind yeah, of fun. Yeah. Uh, you certainly inspired me to make videos. Uh, you've checked it on my <laughs> personal Instagram. What have you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You make a lot of different kinds, yeah. but I like them. You know, I think they're very creative. Well, uh, they're very fun. well you were the my first inspiration as well. So thank you for that. <laughs> So what about you? What are some of your hobbies? My hobbies? Uh, well, let's see. Not so much these days, but I'll say a, towards the end of high school and uh, definitely through uh, undergrad college, I was really, really into fashion. And uh, I live most of my kind of, um, most of my identities is, is really on YouTube. Like uh, I had this funny realization that like, uh, if people are like me, instead of like seeing their profile or telling me their stories, I would just want to see their YouTube watch history because it would tell me so much about like what you're into and what kind of like things you find valuable and things like that. Cause that was certainly the case for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy, Jacob J. Keller, uh, always fresh apparel. Now, if you go to modern YouTube, there's tons of uh, male fashion YouTubers, tons, tons. And many of them are doing really well, like million plus subscribers. But back in like 2012, there was Jacob. I thought he was very authentic. He just kind of talks about like, you know, I live in Portland and, you know, it's just not a lot of people care about fashion here, like as far as men goes. And he just wanted to make a channel about like, you know, style and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed his videos. It was him and ASAP Rocky who really told, like taught me that like, Oh, having a personal sense of style is like, it's quite important. Mm-hmm. The way the the passion they had when uh, talking about clothes, I thought it was uh, infectious. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely spent <laughs> a lot of time, money back then, uh, buying all these clothes. And now I don't really regret it because it's like I had to go through the, you know, the fuckboy phase or the skinny jeans phase to kind of get to where I am. But like, I, I don't regret it. And uh, I actually feel that I was pretty authentic as far as my self-expression goes through fashion. It wasn't just uh, khakis, vans, and a hoodie, especially mm-hmm. in college. So I, I enjoy doing that. And now it's like, um, you know, you just kind of move on. Uh, I think I have most of the clothes that I need. And I'm glad that I bought like some interesting things because uh, what you realize is uh, fashion is, um, is a cycle. Towards like college, like skinny jeans and cuffed pants like um, basically a uh, skinnier fit and a kind of oversized top was like such a trend and now it's not anymore now boot cuts are back yeah, yeah. and it's like 
Well, so like, yeah, don't throw away clothes or just exchange them right away just because like it fell out of style. Just like keep like a certain centerpiece that speaks to different times because I promise you they will come back. Well, so what what are you into these days? Like right now at this moment? Yeah, I'm not into I'm not into any particular trend right now. Uh, I don't really pay attention to any trends. I don't consume like clothing content as more. The channel that I like to give a shout out is called uh, Frugal Aesthetic. What he does is basically more like a fashion commentary. He doesn't promote clothing. Uh, he's got all the clothing. It's more like uh, he talks about trends. He talks about how to make yourself look good. And really, when you like kind of listen to his stuff, it's actually like more applicable than just fashion. That's what I really like about it. So I'll give you one example. So uh, do you know what the iceberg type videos are on YouTube? No. So it's basically, you know, how like, in an iceberg, only like 10% is out there. And then 90% right. is like, you basically have a lot of layers in an iceberg. And uh, it's a way of forming, talking about a particular topic. And you talk about the very mainstream, the 10% first, and you just kind of get into more and more and more and more uh, niche aspects of the culture. Mm. So he did that for fashion. So you can imagine like the first 10%, it's like, you know, I mean, there's like a first layer is like, you know, people who literally don't care, right? Uh, like, you know, all my clothes are from my mom or my grandma or something. And then you kind of get into like the mall core fashion, right? The H&Ms and Zara's. And then once you start caring about sustainability and uh, quality, you start to talk higher end fashion brands and the deeper you go. And now you're looking into archive fashion, you know, railed and stuff like that. And at the, I'm just going to give you the points like at the very, very end, right? So it just gets more eclectic. Now you're like, you're dressing like the actual people on the fashion runways. But at the very, very end, it's a quote by a, a famous designer, Rick Owens. And the quote paraphrase is basically like, at the end of the day, the clothes that you choose to wear doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is having a fit and healthy body. Mm-hmm. And the clothes that you wear will look good and feel good because deep down your body feels good or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was such a profound moment. It's like it, it, for a fashion yeah, yeah. commentary, I thought that was such a profound moment. It's like, yeah, at the end of the yeah. day, like, you know, if you don't look good, if you don't smell good, if you don't fit like if you're not fit like who cares about like what clothes you wear yeah yeah but he just said it in such a entertaining kind of on-trend way so those are the kind of videos that he makes so it's more of a commentary but through the commentary i do kind of pick up on the trends as far as purchases go there's been like these pieces of clothing that i've really had my eyes on for years like five to ten years and maybe every once in a while i'll cop one of those but as far as like, oh, let me uh, let me hop on this trend to see what I can do or things like that. I think I'm kind of past it. I think I have most of the clothes that I want. I'll just cycle through them as the mm-hmm. trends go. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I definitely have those thoughts sometimes, like from that quote, where I'll, I'll see something cool and I'm like, oh, I really want to get it. And I'll think about it and I was like, I don't think I'll look as good in this, you know, like my body's not that like, I feel like I would look better if my body was more built. Then I was like, I should just kind of, work on my body and then later i don't i'm not that interested in getting it yeah i mean like the the true understanding is knowing how to look good uh, style-wise but also having a fit body that's that's really the where you want to be at uh-huh. um his point was that like as you get more and more eclectic into fashion you kind of forget the uh the other side of the spectrum and i was like you know what that's a great right. reminder man yeah yeah that's nobody true. cares what you look like if you smell bad 
do you still have your vape jacket? You know, I remember that was a big thing that you yeah, really yeah. And I thought one time you said you got rid of it, but I, no, I no, 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 uh, no. I still have it. I will sell it for the right price. Uh, I am. I do feel like I am uh, just a tad bit too old to be rocking vape at this point. <laughs> um, so it's not that I don't like the clothing. It's just I think uh, certain clothes yeah. I, you know, I think I do age out of it. You know, I don't think I can wear uh, you know yeah. supreme beanies anymore. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a gift too. It's my my sister got it for me. So so I always wanted to ask you: Do you think? Because you know we're talking about styles. Do you think that brand matters, like the brand name itself? So like you mentioned, how H and M and Zara, I feel like those are more. They I think they make more affordable versions of trending things or trending fashion. But if you if you have something that looks similar or like looks almost the same as something, a bigger brand name, do you think it matters whether it's not that brand name or not? Does it add to the yeah, fashion? Yeah, I mean, so it sounds like a simple question, but it's actually it's quite layered. So like, uh, let me tackle it from a couple a couple different ends. Um, so there is definitely, you know, just like in all cultures, there is gatekeeping. Uh, people who like, and H&M Zara, they, kind of um, definitely rip off brands that are uh, recognizable, like styles that are recognizable. Like Bob Balmain came with the biker jeans and and then two months later, H&M came with the biker jeans. And like, if you wear H&M jeans, like gatekeepers will know that like that you're trying to hop on the trend. That I think there's that element of it. So in a way, okay, maybe it matters. Another thing is like, uh, there is like, um, it's as silly as it may sound, a uh, community building over brands. An example I can give you right away is, is a thing called Gorpcore. Uh, so it's basically like hiking style. <laughs> so like a like a waterproof rain jacket, some cargo pants, and like um, some hiking shoes. Like that's like literally in trend right now as we speak. And there's a particular brand that popped off in that area called uh, Arcteryx. And it just kind of became this uh, TikTok meme where people wear their waterproof Arcteryx jacket they can hop in the shower and they just kind of flex that it's waterproof because they turn on the shower and they come out dry. <laughs> no, but like, that's like, that's how like people yeah. kind of like, uh, find each other like that. Like, so I personally waited, well, like four or five hours for Kanye West Pablo merch uh, when he was promoting his life of Pablo touring. Like you get to meet people, you know, you kind of connect over like how long you've been waiting. Oh yeah, man. And then you just start talking about the album and the music. It's fun. I've never waited a Supreme line personally, but I imagine like they kind of have um kind of vibe this vibe the same, and maybe you will meet somebody like you vibe with, maybe you won't. I think it is an opportunity to uh, uh, build a connection like that. Is that is that because of a brand? I mean, yes and no, right? Yeah, there's no nobody waiting in line at Zara. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I would say my take from you know, our hobbies and our experience of making videos, starting this podcast or getting into fashion, I feel like it's important to not be afraid to start. And, you know, I think you and I had this conversation before too, but, you know, you don't have to have all the pieces perfectly ready to start something you're interested in. You should just start and then you'll kind of learn along the way. Of course, with a lot of mistakes, but overall kind of in the right trajectory. It's important because if you keep waiting, I feel like you'll just, you'll never do anything and you'll never stop you know, it's not always passion or inspiration before the action sometimes they come together mm -hmm. all right that's all we got for you guys today check us out on instagram at double pengoose we have a pod, post pod regrets and other posts exclusive to our instagram that you may want to leave comments on or engage in 
Uh, you can check us out on other major platforms like Apple, Google, and Spotify. Catch you guys next time. Peace.